Big man, Myrtle Hawk Monster Sky will rip your head off, and spit right down your empty throat, right into your body, into your body cavity, into your organs, and spit and throw up on you, everything. I need a volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Hello and welcome to another episode of Throwing Couch Potatoes, episode 10, or episode X, if you will. Uh, as of this episode, I have watched exactly 1,000 pro wrestling matches and have somehow not died, so that's good. Uh, so let's take a look at, say, I don't know, like the last 108 of those, because that's how many I watched this week. It's a show! It's a wrestling show! But first, wind your chronometers back to the third of this month. Uh, they finally uploaded West Coast Pros, West Coast Best Coast. Uh, I skipped the first couple of opening matches, but I jumped in with Masha Slamovich versus Sandra Moon to decide the first ever West Coast Pro Women's Champion. Uh, this was a pretty good uh, competitive match. It was pretty fast-paced. Um, didn't really have a ton of room to breathe, but I was pretty happy with it, and I gave it a three. Up next, after that, a six-man Lucha Tag, Black Taurus and Los Vipers, Latigo and Toxin, versus Aramis, Rey Horus, and Viento. This match kicked ass. Oh my god, I have... I can't claim to have uh, seen a ton of Lucha this year, because I don't really know how to watch AAA or, or CMLL or anything like that. Uh, but every once in a while, I will see some uh, some Lucha at like an indie show in America. And this is by far the best Lucha match I've seen this year. Just non-stop action. These guys were just doing crazy shit for the entire duration of the match. Very impressed with Los Vipers. They took, like, the lion's share of the offense in this match and really, like, propped the, the flow of the match up on, on their uh, selling. And Black Taurus used his power to very effective uh, effect, so to speak. And, yeah, I was just so impressed with everyone in this match. It flowed so well. Uh, it was so exciting. I popped out loud several times during uh, during this one. Go out of your way to see it. Uh, easily the best high-flying match I've seen all week. Really, really good stuff. After that, another baller tag team match. We got the West Coast Wrecking Crew, Jorel Nelson and Royce Isaacs against Miracle Generation, Dustin Waller and Kylan King, who I don't think I've seen before, but were very, very impressive. This was a very hard-hitting match with lots of bone-crunching suplexes, some good high-flying, some good striking. Just an all-around good time. Uh, it obviously can't really hold a candle to the tag match that came before it, but this was still really good stuff. Both teams were very impressive. 3.75 from me. After that, a no-disqualification match between Vinny Massaro and Ricky Shane Page. This one started off pretty rough, um, and it did improve as time went on, but this was definitely the lowest point on the show for me. It was a 2.5, which is a bummer because I like both guys, but... Uh, yeah, it was just a, a bloody hardcore match. If you like that sort of thing, this might be more enjoyable, but uh, not for me. After that, the whole reason I watched this show, Timothy Thatcher taking on Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, they've had one singles match before and have had plenty of tag matches, but this is the first time they've ever fought in America. Um, I feel like this match definitely lived up to the the hype of just seeing these two guys in a singles Uh it was a good speedball match, a good Thatcher match. Um, speedball doesn't normally have a ton of grappling in his bout, so it was interesting to see him up against somebody who could credibly beat him. Because usually, even if he's up against like a top guy, speedball's offense kind of just makes him look like the best in the fucking world. So it was interesting watching him have to wrestle a match where he's like, okay, how do I beat Timothy Thatcher? It's not an, an easy thing to do. Uh, following that, we had another tag match. This one was Brian Keith and Starboy Charlie versus Kevin Blackwood and Alan Angels. Um, yeah, stacked up against the, the two mammoth tag matches on this card. This wasn't uh, as good uh, as those two, but it was still a, a fine match. I gave it a 3.25. This was a little more of a, a storyline bout, but still pretty uh, pretty entertaining stuff. 
And then your main event for the West Coast Pro Championship in a tables, ladders, and chairs encounter, Titus Alexander versus Nick Wayne, two of the most exciting young American wrestlers in the game today. Uh, yeah, this match delivered big time. It started off a little slow, but once all the chairs and tables and ladders were set up, these guys took some insane bumps, and, you know, the match didn't drag on too much either. Uh, yeah, it had a good pace, some bonkers spots uh loving everything i've seen of these two guys so far and i've been lucky enough to see them live and they're only going to get better with time which is scary because this match is a four out of five overall an incredible show from west coast pro um i look forward to all of their cards and it looks like uh, chris hero is involved with booking them now so hey how about that over to Stardom in Japan on the 4th with the Triangle Derby Finals. Ah, oh, it's finally over. I uh, can't claim to have kept up with the entire tournament, so I was a little in the dark as to who was in the semifinals, but that's okay. It kicked off, uh, well, at least I started the show with Cosmic Angels, Saki, Natsupoi, and Tam Nakano versus Aberenbo GE, Amisore, Mirai, and Suri. Uh... This was a, a solid trios bout. I, the only complaint I really have is I kind of just wish that Cosmic Angels had won. I would have liked to have seen two Natsupoi matches on this card. But uh, either way, this was still a pretty good bout. 3.25 for me. This second Triangle Derby semifinal was Prominence, Hiragi Karumi, Risa Sera, and Suzu Suzuki versus Neo Stardom Army, Nene Takahashi, Yu, and Yuna Mizumori. This one was... Uh, it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. I gave it a three, but it was just a, a step down from the previous match, and it didn't quite hold up uh, to Neo Stardom Army or Prominence's uh, track record in this tournament. I feel like maybe they were putting the foot off the gas pedal a little bit just because they had to do another match later on. But still, three out of five. It was far from bad. After that, Himeka took on Chihiro Hashimoto. Uh, I'm really enjoying Hashimoto. I think she's from Sendai Girls. Uh, and she's been kicking the shit out of everyone she's been in the ring with. Really bombastic, crazy, bone-crunching offense. I am a fan. Uh, 3.25 for this match. I'm waiting for her to fight somebody really notable, and I think it'll be a, a, a true banger. After that, for the Wonderment of Stardom Championship, Saya Kamitami took on Hazuki, and boy, oh boy, Kamitami has been one of the... Shining gems in Stardom's crown lately. Every time I've seen her defend this championship, it's been a must-see match, and this was no exception. Crazy striking in this match. God damn, they kicked each other's faces off. Uh, if you like Joshi, this is probably the best match out of that subgenre of the week, so go out of your way to see this. It's a 4 out of 5 for me. Really, really good stuff. After that, uh, Azumi and Starlight Kid resumed their uh, storied rivalry for the High Speed Championship. Uh, not as good as the previous match, but this was still a spirited high-flying bout. I gave it a 3.5. These two work really well together, and they've had quite a few matches, and I'm sure we'll see them fight many more times in the future. Then for the World of Stardom Championship, Julia defending her title against Maya Yukihi. I do believe this was more of a brawling match. It had a lot of uh, spots out in the crowd and whatnot. So, yeah, it didn't quite hit as hard as some of the other matches on this card. And I feel like with it being seconds last before the Triangle Derby final, uh, maybe they were just trying to not overshadow the main event. Either way, this match was not a disappointment, but uh, just a step down from the level of quality on this show. Uh, three out of five. It was fine. And then your main events for both the Triangle Derby Championship and the Artist of Stardom Championship, Prominence versus Aberenmo GE. I'm happy to say that this match lived up to its uh, stakes. This was a fine main event for the show and a fine cap-off for this tournament. Uh, I feel like maybe Prominence versus Cosmic Angels would have been a slightly better match, but uh, no complaints here. This was uh, a a great trios match it was exactly what i had hoped to see uh from the tournament final overall the the triangle derby was good fun but there was just way too much of it but uh this finals uh was was quite a good show then right before uh aw revolution last week they put out a uh aw dark special with uh four random matches uh and i 
made sure I checked that out just to keep my AEW completion up to snuff. So it opened with the Workhorsemen, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry versus the acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. I love the Workhorsemen. I love the acclaimed. I feel like if this had been a Dynamite or Rampage match and they were like, you know, trying to fill in a little more time, this would have been a bit better. But no complaints here. It was a 2.75, you know, slightly above average. It's a it's a dark special. What do you expect? Uh, after that, Aaron Solo took on Daniel Garcia, and in this one, honestly, I feel like both guys could have gone a, a little harder. Um, not exactly phoning it in, but, you know, it is what it is. It was a 2.5. Uh, and then Peter Avalon took on Hook in a very short squash match. Peter just got squished by Le Hook. Two out of five for that one. Very, very short. And then the main event, Lee Moriarty, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Bros, Penta El Zeromedo and Ray Phoenix. Uh, it's cool seeing Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Bros. In this match, you know, on paper this would be great, but uh, it just didn't really flow into something particularly notable. It was kind of just a match that happened, but uh, 2.75. Overall, this was like a fun little diversion before Revolution. Get a couple of guys who aren't on the card for their, you know, get them in a match. You know, can't argue with that. And then on the 4th of March, they uh, had over in Wrestling Revolver a show called Drip. Let's go through it. Uh, it opened, or I started with the uh, Revolver World Championship Iowa Street Fight between Steve Macklin and Rich Swan. Um... I'm not crazy about either guy. This match was okay. Uh, it, it could have been a lot worse, but it was just you know kind of an average street fight match. I gave it a 3 out of 5. After that, Rocky Romero took on Jake Crist and Lince Dorado for the NWA World Historic Welterweight Championship. Uh, this one was fairly decent. I also gave it a 3. I feel like Rocky Romero versus Lince Dorado would be a much more entertaining singles bout than this, this triple threat. Uh, but who knows? This was still okay. After that, Alex Shelley took on Matthew Palmer for the Pro Wrestling Revolver Remix Championship and the Prestige World Championship. Uh, Alex Shelley having all the belts in existence these days and having to have several people carry them out for him is pretty great. Um, this match was just alright, though. 2.75. I feel like Shelley really needs like a great opponent to really make him shine, because his best work is in his tag bouts. His singles matches are good, too, but you know it really needs a good opponent to, to make it pop. After that, Johnny Revolver took on Ninja Mac in what I would describe as a uh, dream match, but uh, unfortunately this one just never really got off the ground. I feel like this could have been one of the craziest high-flying matches I've seen all year, and in the end it was kind of forgettable. Three out of five, still had some good stuff in it, but I was hoping for more. Speaking of hoping for more, Jonathan Gresham took on Kushida. Interesting factoid about this match. These two guys wrestled twice in one week, uh, once on this show, and then once before that uh, in the fallout to No Surrender for Impact. So even though their match for Impact happened first, the Wrestling Revolver one aired before the Impact one. Very strange. Kind of unfortunate that it did because this match was clearly like, okay, these guys are important. They're not going to be doing a 20-minute belter on this indie show. Just go out and grapple for a bit, and then the ending was kind of abrupt and unexpected. I'm sad to say this was only a 2.75. It was a very short match. They didn't do a whole lot. Um, yeah, check out their Impact match. I'm going to talk about it later. It was much, much better than this. Then your main event, Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay took on the Rascals, Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz, and Second Gear Crew, Mance Warner and Matthew Justice. Uh, yeah, this match was a bit chaotic, not quite as bad as the uh, the Rascals six-man tag that happened a while ago against Second Gear Crew. Um, yeah, it was a 3.25, it was a, a, a fine main event, it just didn't really blow me away or anything. It's interesting. Wrestling Revolver always comes in with these crazy good cards, and then the matches themselves never quite live up to what I would expect from them. It's very strange. There's a lot of good uh, American indies going on right now, and I certainly like Wrestling Revolver, but their shows have probably been, next to GCW, uh, the most underwhelming. Uh, you know, compare that to West Coast Pros, West Coast Best Coast, and it uh, kind of blows it out of the water, which it shouldn't because they had a good card. 
Very interesting stuff. All right, back on to the week proper. On the 5th, New Japan started their New Japan Cup. Um, I've been skipping most of the uh, big uh, multi-man tag matches, as I often do with Japanese companies, just because they're not very important, and I'm probably not missing anything too great. But I will uh, fill in a couple of them if they seemed interesting. But mostly, I'm just watching the New Japan Cup matches, of which there are two on each of these shows. So the first one, El Phantasmo versus Tetsuya Naito, I'm happy to report was better than uh, most of Naito's uh, matches recently. I feel like he's very hit and miss on the big matches, and I kind of feel like I want to see him do a short one, because all of his matches are really long, and they're kind of slow and have the potential to be boring, but uh, thankfully El Phantasmo has a lot of energy and a lot of character, and that really kept this match uh in high spirits for me it was a 3.25 pretty good stuff and then talk about surprising matches the main event sonata versus tai chi both guys that i don't really consider to be terrifically great wrestlers and often deliver disappointing bouts this one kind of kicked ass um yeah it's like they did some brawling out in the crowd but they didn't waste too much time with it there was some really good striking some good near falls i was really kind of blown away at how well this match was put together and especially considering what a stinker sonata put on in the second round yeah really good stuff um sonata has a reputation for being kind of inconsistent so uh I think it was important for him to come out with a, a big, decisive win in this tournament. And, uh, yeah, it was a 3.75 for me. If you like either guy, definitely check it out. Over to GCW for the second show they put on last weekend, Ransom. Uh, I checked out the opening scramble, Gringo Loco versus Yoya versus Carlos Romo versus Jimmy Lloyd versus Alec Price versus Gabriel Sky. Um, not much to say about this one. It was a big, messy, high-flying scramble. It wasn't as good as the one they had put on the day prior. It was a 2.75 for me. After that, Speedball Mike Bailey took on Shane Mercer. Uh, this one was just an okay Speedball match. Um, you know, he wrestles a ton and against very good opponents, and sometimes he wrestles somebody a little further down the ladder, and it just doesn't quite add up quite as much. Uh, 3 out of 5 for me. Still fine. After that, Los Macizos, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo versus the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley for their GCW World Tag Team Championship. I don't like Los Macizos. Uh, I find them to be pretty boring. I haven't seen a single good match of theirs from all the GCW I've watched this year. And the Motor City Machine Guns are obviously one of the greatest tag teams of all time, so... I'm pretty happy that they won this match, and we're going to get to see some Machine Guns GCW tag title matches. That's cool. Uh, unfortunately, this was not a terribly great match. It was a 2.75. Yeah, get Los Macizos out of here. Show me some Motor City Machine Guns matches with some good opponents, bring in some good teams, and you can have something real special here. Uh, after that, a six-woman tag, Rina Yamashita, Maki Ito, and Vaini versus Sawyer Wreck, Billy Starks, and Janai Kai. A lot of talent in this match. Who boy. Uh, yeah, pretty uh, good striking, pretty good uh, flow in this match. I I'm sad to say that I can't remember a whole lot of actual spots from it. I just remember liking it a, a fair bit, and I gave it a 3.5. Um definitely the highest point on this show mostly just because i like sawyer wreck billy starks and, and maki ito so much uh yeah it was a 3.5 worth checking out and then your main event for the jcw championship jordan oliver versus blake christian to blue chip prospects in the american indie scene um this match was all right i feel like wrestlers like jordan oliver it's like yeah they're really great on paper but i don't see what makes him particularly unique there's a lot of wrestlers who wrestle a lot like him who are more exciting, have more character, have more expression. You know, like, I look at Jordan Oliver, and I don't understand how I'm not supposed to see him as just kind of a worse Nick Wayne. Um, yeah, the indie scene is, is chock full of all these great young wrestlers, so some of them end up being left by the wayside a little bit. 
case in point, I think Blake Christian is a much uh, more interesting wrestler than Jordan Oliver, and I think he'll probably have a little more longevity in the in the short term, at least. Anyways, this match was a 3 out of 5. Not particularly great, but uh, it wasn't bad either. It was an okay main event. Overall, this uh, GCW show, like a lot of GCW shows, was fairly underwhelming. They have the tools to put on a great card, and uh, usually they just end up putting on an okay one. It's unfortunate. Over to AEW for Elevation. Opens with Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir versus J-Rod and Sandra Moon. Um, Fairly decent squash. Marina Shafir does very well in these types of matches, and she's been looking great lately. This was a 2.75 for me. After that, Brian Cage took on some guy named Rob McKnight. Uh... Yeah, Brian Cage is uh, pretty iffy for me, and uh, him squashing a jobber is not exactly going to light my world on fire. 2.5 for that one. Uh, And then, hey, the future franchise, Titus Alexander, took on Juice Robinson. Uh, This was a fun little match. I gave it a 3 out of 5. They've been giving Juice some uh, really good young opponents in these squash matches. It's unfortunate that he is uh, just okay. Layla Gray took on Sky Blue in... uh, one of those unfortunate women's matches where you're just like, ah, they, they just don't have the glue, really, to make this match stick, and it just ends up being kind of forgettable and a little messy. Uh, 2.25. Very indicative of the uh, place that AEW's women's roster is in, and I don't say that as a particularly big dunk, because, like, point to a women's roster that isn't like this. Uh, you know, WWE's is in shambles. Impact has some very, very good standouts, but not a whole lot of depth. Um, I don't think a single company is really doing a particularly good job with their women's division. Uh, lots of room for improvement all around. With that aside, uh, there was an ROH Women's World Championship Proving Ground match, Athena versus Brooke Havoc. Um, been loving Athena lately. Brooke Havoc's been pretty impressive from what I've seen from her. Uh, this match was just okay. It was a 2.75. One of those ones where, you know, not a whole lot of time or resources gone into it, but uh, good wrestlers putting in a solid effort. So, you know, can't hate it by any stretch of the imagination. After that, Lance Archer squashed Jack Banning in a very forgettable affair. Two out of five. I'm not buying what Lance Archer is selling. I know a lot of people like him, but he just comes off as a bit of a dork to me. I don't know why. Whenever he opens his mouth and says something, it's like, oh, man, you you were terrified to say that, weren't you? Anyways... Evil Uno versus Lee Johnson was your main event. Evil Uno is getting a little bit of a singles push after his match with John Moxley. That's pretty cool. And I feel like they might be getting ready to have a, a Dark Order heel turn, which I feel like might be the right thing for them. They need a bit of a shake-up. Anyways, this was an okay match. It was a 2.75. Uh, Lee Johnson has some nice kicks, uh, but overall... Fairly underwhelming elevation this week. I mean, I know it's the C show, but uh, sometimes there's some real good nuggets of wrestling on here, and unfortunately this was not the case this time. But it was still better than Monday Night Raw, which is, you can usually count on that. Opens with Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa. Um, You know, I don't want to say anything bad about my boy Kevin. This was just an alright match that didn't have anything that really grabbed me. But, you know, neither guy is particularly bad. I think Solo has a lot of potential. I just kind of wish he had come up through NXT and had a bit of time to, I don't know, explore his uh, the early layout of his character. Because being thrust right into the bloodline kind of makes him the least interesting of that group. Anyways, it was an alright match. 2.75. Better than the next one, Carmella versus Bianca Belair. Um, this one was borderline boring. If like there had been a particularly bad botch, I would have rated it lower than this. So there was really nothing positive to say about it. 2 out of 5. I also gave 2 out of 5 to Dolph Ziggler versus Omos. Yeah, Omos is just... He's a big'un, but he can't work. And uh, it makes his matches very, very dull to be. Poor Dolph. Two out of five. After that, Finn Balor took on Johnny Gargano. Hey, a wrestling match. Awesome. Uh, This one was a three out of five. I feel like both guys, if they were trying to put on a pay-per-view bout, this could have been a real blinder. But instead, it was just all right. Pretty good for a Raw match. 
Uh, still worlds better than Nikki Cross versus Piper Niven. It's <sighs> unacceptable that you take two wrestlers who are this talented and put them in a position to just kind of shit the bed. Uh, this was a 1.75. Nothing really happened much in this match. What did happen didn't get any reaction from the crowd. There was just, like, no heat. I don't know what they're doing with Piper Niven. You know, she just has mid-tier matches every week on Raw. I don't know. I feel like she should be, like, destroying people like Nikki Cross. Like, build her up so that she's a monster for, I don't know, Who's even face for women in this company? Charlotte? Oh, God. Not Charlotte. We'll get to that later. Anyways, War Women's Division Woes. This was a 1.75. Very sorry to say. I, I love both these women, and it sucked to see this match. This match sucked. So did Chad Gable versus Baron Corbin, but slightly less so because it had Chad, Chad Gable in it. Um, yeah, Baron has been wrestling for a long-ass time still doesn't really do a whole lot to really set himself apart other than he's tall and bald. Uh, 2.25 for me, nothing to write home about there. And your main event, Sami Zayn versus Jimmy Uso. Oh, this storyline is winding down, isn't it? It's kind of hard to care when you know that the stakes are never going to be as high as they were at Elimination Chamber, and you're just getting kind of diminishing returns every time. Anyways, this was an okay Sami Zayn match. He's one of the greatest in the world, but unfortunately his double rotator cuff surgery have left him a, a very different wrestler than he used to be. He's much more of a storyline entertainer type guy. He can't really do the crazy moves that he used to, but that's fine, you know? He can still obviously create magic like he did with Roman Reigns, but Jimmy Uso is not going to create a blockbuster singles match with Sami any day soon. This was a 2.75 fairly disappointing raw uh even for a show that i usually hate every week this was a pretty bad one then over to new japan pro wrestling for their first and sorry 51st anniversary event not their first that would that would be impressive uh this one opened up with a pretty spicy tag match the mighty don't deal zack saber jr and kosei fujita versus bullet club el phantasmo and kenta yeah when i saw this on the card i was like yeah i gotta check that one out Sabre Jr. and Kosei Fujita make a pretty decent team. Uh, I'm liking El Phantasmo kind of in the absence of Jay White taking on more of the uh, story responsibility for Bullet Club because, you know, I love LP. Uh, this was an all right match. It was a three out of five. Glad I watched it, but, you know, not amazing or anything. After that, Leo, Leo Rush, and Yo took on Los Ingobernables de Japón, Hiromu Takahashi, and Bushi. Uh, this was a pretty solid match. I love Leo Rush. I think he's one of my favorite wrestlers, and Leo is a pretty solid team. They had one of my favorite matches of the year at Wrestle Kingdom. This was a pretty entertaining one. I gave it a 3.25. Worth checking out. Then for the first round match in the New Japan Cup, Yujiro Takahashi took on Shota Umino. Man, Shota's very hit and miss, isn't he? Like, he, he really needs to be in there with somebody special, or he's just kind of gonna fall flat and this match kind of fell flat 2.5 for me but then david finlay took on uh, tomohiro ishii in a first round match and this one i can say was actually quite enjoyable i gave it a 3.5 both guys slapping their meat around a bit tomohiro ishii is the kind of wrestler who can pull a surprisingly great match out of nowhere and, and this one was pretty darn good 3.5 check it out then your main event for the IWGP World Tag Team Championships, Bishamon, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi versus Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the aces. Uh, yeah, this match, hot damn. Uh, I never would have thought that I would have liked Bishamon as much as a team as I do. They work really well together. It's turns kind of boring Goto and always boring Yoshihashi into a pretty formidable tag team and putting them up against the two best singles wrestlers in the company. Hard to have a bad match there. This was a 4.25. I fucking loved this one. It, flying colors this one came out with. Everyone just turned up and casually put on a banger. Uh, if you watch New Japan at all, this is one of the better matches they've put out this year. Go out of your way to see it. 
now that Okada's teaming with Tanahashi, I'm I'm all for it. Like, give me more Okada Tana matches. They've been great so far. Uh, yeah, really good first anniversary. 51st day. <laughs> damn it, really good 51st anniversary show. Uh, obviously, I didn't watch the whole card, but uh, it had some really really standout bouts on it. And that main event, who boy, do yourself a favor and check that one out. Over to AEW for more dark. This one opened with Sky Blue versus Milo. Sky Blue's non-squash matches are pretty rough to begin with, so putting her in a squash match with an unknown female is uh, not going to work out super well. This was a 2.25. She's good. You know, she's got a lot of potential. It's just... Uh, I, I fear that she's maybe not being given the right opportunities to truly capitalize on it, but that's okay. She's got nothing but time on her side. After that, Brian Cage took on Bad Dude Tito, and Brian Cage, you know, he's just the type of guy who will just, like, spit on you, puke on you, whatever. <laughs> Love that Taz quip from this match. Um, other than that, not a whole lot to write about here. Uh, Brian Cage is Brian Cage. Bad Dude Tito is pretty cool, but, uh, yeah, not a whole lot to write about here. 2.25. After that, ooh, you know, AEW doesn't often do booking decisions that make me upset. This one made me upset. Lance Archer squashing my boys, C4, Cody Chun, and Guillermo Rosas. I'm not a fan of singles wrestlers winning handicap matches unless there's, like, a storyline reason why. Because um, this just makes C4 look super weak, and they're one of the best tag teams in America, and AEW would be really uh, smart to uh, push them as a tag team. Uh, not that they need more tag teams in their division, but you could put on some crazy good matches with C4, that's all I'm saying, this isn't one of them, 2.5. My boys deserve better. After that, Kanosuke Takeshita took on Jack Cartwheel. Hey, this looks like it could be pretty damn good. And hey, it was. Uh, Jack Cartwheel, dumb name, but he's aptly named. You know, he can he can do some pretty crazy acrobatic stuff. And Takeshita is the kind of wrestler where if you put him in the ring with somebody who's interesting and unique in some way, it's really, really hard to imagine him not excelling. He's so creative. I think one of the best things that Takeshita does is he comes up with great ways to make your offense look good, but also, like, he has a cool counter for it. Uh, his match with MJF was full of that stuff. And this one had it as well. This was a 3.5 great dark match, one of the better ones in the past couple weeks. Uh, I'd say if you like Takeshita at all, this is one you're definitely going to want to search out. After that, Big Bill took on Julius Coleman in a very forgettable Big Bill squash. It was a 2 out of 5. And then Zoe Dubois took on Willow Nightingale in a slightly less forgettable Willow Nightingale squash. I love Willow, uh, and I'm hoping that she gets some opportunities to truly shine. Hey, I wonder if she'll get an opportunity to do that later on on this show. We'll see. 2.75 from me. And then your main event, A.R. Fox, took on Ryan Nemeth. Um, yeah, I would have put the Takeshita match on last, to be honest, because this one was fine, but, you know, not the best use of A.R. Fox, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It was a 3 out of 5, a fine match, and I'm glad that Fox is getting lots of exposure. But, uh, yeah, he's done a lot better recently. Anyways, back over to New Japan for night two of the New Japan Cup. I just watched the cup matches on this one. Toru Yano took on Mark Davis in the first round. Um, yeah, when this match wasn't slow, it kind of devolved into shenanigans, the usual Toru Yano kind of thing. I did like when they disappeared under the ring, and then they came back out, and Yano had a bag over his head. I thought that was pretty goofy and fun. 2.75. It had some lighthearted, fun moments, but uh, this one went on too long. Unfortunately, the main event was not any better. Evil versus Red Narita. Uh, I wish I could tell you a single thing about this match, but it was very, very forgettable for me. Evil was fine when he was in a tag team, but as a singles wrestler, I don't really understand what the draw is. And against a young guy like Narita, yeah, you could easily skip this one. 2.5 for me. 
That might have been a little bit disappointing, but uh, hey, you know what else was disappointing? I forgot to watch NWA Power last week. Oh, I'm sorry. I really screwed up. But don't worry, your boys got you this week. We checked out uh, their most recent YouTube show, and boy howdy do I regret it. It opened with Trevor Murdoch versus Beast Mode. Uh, Beast Mode is a very, very large man. Unfortunately, he is one of the worst wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, he looks like he's maybe a couple months into training or something. This guy just does not know how to throw a punch, how to throw a kick, how to throw a stomp. Just <clears throat> basic stuff it, looking like complete amateur hour over here. This was one of the worst matches I've seen this year and was very glad to see it end. 1.5. After that... Ethan Corrigan third took on Dante Smiley. Uh, this match was only marginally better than the one that came before it. EC3 is a terribly boring wrestler, it turns out. Uh, he had that one good ladder match in NXT, but really, like, name a good EC3 match. Come on, do it. Exactly. Two out of five, very forgettable. But thankfully, it was still better than the next match, Sal the Pal versus Gags the Gimp in a hair versus mask match. It's a hair versus mask match between two guys who are on a tag team together and aren't even feuding. Um, who wants this? Who asked for this? Who is this for? Who is supposed to be entertained by this? Who, who, turned, who tunes into any wrestling program wanting to see something like this? Uh, I think Sal the Pal and Gags the Gimp are two embarrassing, low-rent, carny gimmicks that I would be, like, <clears throat> red in the face if I saw them on an indie show, let alone something that is trying to be a real product. Um, yeah, this was just embarrassing. And, uh, wow, Billy. Wow. This is what you're coming up with? That just makes me sad, to be honest, because uh, I'm, I'm sure Sal the Pal and Gags the Gimp are probably nice guys, but uh, yeah, they just seem like th the worst of wrestling whenever I see them on NWA's show. Wrestling the way it ought to be, folks. Then in your main event, Ruthie J took on Camille in a non-title match. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, two of these matches were so bad on this show that I was barely paying attention to this one, and it was marginally better but yeah i don't know what i'm supposed to latch on to on this show it's just bad from start to beginning it's just bad from start to finish it's it's really really something anyways over to nxt they had roadblock boy whenever they come up with a really bad title for a pay-per-view they always pawn it off on nxt it's pretty funny it opened with Tony D'Angelo versus Dijak in a jailhouse street fight, and I gotta say, I'm pretty amazed that this one was as good as it was. I was kind of dreading it, but it turned out okay. Um, both guys are alright wrestlers that can put on a decent match with a really good opponent. I feel like this one was really, really heavily choreographed, because it had a lot of spots involving like the, the jail cell and stuff. Uh, yeah, it got the job done. 3.25. Really uh, impressed with how little it sucked. After that, Indus Sher, Sangha, and Veer Mahan, along with Jinder Mahal, took on Broad Breaker and the Creed Brothers. Um, I feel like, with the second team here especially, that this match should have been you know, a barn burner, but instead it was just alright. 3 out of 5. Nothing really spectacular happened in it. Then Gigi Dolan took on JC Jane. Ugh, I don't care about this storyline. I don't care about either of these women. Their promos are annoying and their matches are bad. Two out of five. Then Joe Gacy took on Andre Chase. Um, I feel like this one was a little shorter than it should have been. And, uh, you know, Andre Chase looked a little weaker than he has in some of his previous matches. It was a 2.5. I can't really remember much about it other than that. And then your main event for the NXT Women's Championship, Roxanne Perez defends her title against one of the greatest of all time, Mako Satomura. Uh, it would be impossible for Satomura to have a truly bad match. This one wasn't amazing, but it was still 
head and shoulders above most of what uh, WWE puts out these days. It told a really simple yet effective story. Uh, I feel like these two worked really well together. They had a lot of creative interactions that you get the sense that that would only happen between these two wrestlers. Um, yeah, I feel like if it just just pumped the gas a little bit more and just just pushed it into a, a slightly more intense direction, just a little bit, this would have been a 4, but instead it's a 3.75. I was like on the verge of putting it on my match of the year list, but uh, not quite there. But still, really, really good stuff. I'd say the, probably the best NXT match I've seen so far this year. Um, yeah, not uh, not disappointed at all. I was pretty happy with it. 3.75. And then get ready to light the fuse, shake the boom, dynamite. Uh, we open with the AEW All-Atlantic Championship, which will now be the AEW International Championship. Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. I like Orange Cassidy, but his matches aren't always great, and Jay Lethal is the pits, so this match ended up being not great. 2.25. Jay Lethal is kind of like Brian Cage, but without Brian Cage's physique. He's just a very inconsistent wrestler, and I don't understand how his matches are supposed to make me feel. Uh, He's one of my absolute least favorites, and I'm so tired of seeing him. After that, Ruby Soho took on Sky Blue. Yeah, honestly, my my expectations were pretty low for this match, uh, and it wasn't wasn't good. Uh, 2.25. This is kind of more of a storyline thing. Definitely a forgettable match. Uh, after that, Jericho Appreciation Society, Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Daniel Garcia took on AR Fox and Top Flight. Um, Top Flight with AR Fox have put on some absolute bangers with the Blackpool Combat Club recently. Uh, this team doesn't have their their dynamic working quite as well as the BCC does, so this one was just alright. It was a 3 out of 5. Um, I wouldn't have taken it off the card, but it could have been a lot better. Speaking of Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli are taking on the Dark Order, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Um, nice that both teams get a John. And it's nice that John Silver and Claudio get to interact again because they are very similar wrestlers, despite Claudio being twice as big as Silver is. Um, I feel like this match could have been like an all-timer. Another one where if they had just, you know, pushed it a little bit more, it could have been something truly special, but instead it was just a good match, 3.25. And then the main events for the TNT Championship, Falls Count Anywhere, Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs. I, I gotta say, this one started off really hot with a, a solid backstage brawl into one of the um, production semi-trucks that had a false wall that they smashed through. It was a cool spot, but it makes you wonder, like, what's that wall doing there? Why is there a wall in the middle of a truck? Didn't make any sense. But uh, the match was fine. Once it got into the ring, it was a little less exciting, but uh, still decent stuff, and I'm glad Hobbs won a championship. Three out of five. Uh, Dark uh, um, Dynamite was uh, a little more of a mixed bag, a little weaker than, you know, some of the uh, Wednesday Night Danielson episodes, but uh, far from bad. I feel like this uh, next one coming up this week might have an opportunity to turn things around. Never mind that, we're on to the real good shit, the show that Tony Khan can book for fun and not for TV ratings. ROH's ROH on Honor Club, Episode 2, opened with Samoa Joe versus Tony Deppen for the ROH TV Championship. Uh, this is a pretty fun one, Tony got slapped around a lot, kind of got outclassed by Samoa Joe. Uh, this was a 3.25, solid opener overall. Then Dalton Castle and the boys took on Marcus Cross and C4, Cody Chun and Guillermo Rosas. Love seeing lots of C4 on AEW these days. They definitely deserve that spot. Let's just hope they stop getting squashed. Uh, this was a 3 out of 5. Decent enough. I like Dalton and the boys, but uh, yeah, not amazing or anything. Then Spanish announced projects, Serpentico and Angelico took on La Faction in Gobernable, Rouge and Dralistico. It's cool seeing Dralistico and Rouge uh, wrestling together as they are brothers. Um, this one was just alright though, it was a 3 out of 5. Nothing to complain about, nothing to get excited about either. 
Uh, after that, Billy Starks took on Trisha Dora in a match that I was quite looking forward to. Starks is incredible, man. She has so much potential. She can put on a classic match and, you know, just kind of casually. And for an 18-year-old, that's pretty impressive. This was a 3.25. I like both women a lot. I hope that they get to have another match later on down the line. After that, the Trustbusters, Ari Davari and Slim J took on Jake Crist and Manscout. I feel like the Trustbusters, even though I don't hate them, they're just statistically the worst thing on ROH. They don't really feel like they belong there, even though Slim J was in Ring of Honor a long, long, long time ago. This was a 2 out of 5 for me. Very short, very forgettable. But then, for the ROH Pure Championship, Wheeler Yuta versus Timothy Thatcher. Hot damn. This is the kind of match that Thatcher excels in. Some good old grapple fuck if you're into that. Uh, I feel like just saying those two names should sell the match to you. It's it's good. It holds up. I'd say it was even better than Thatcher versus Danielson, surprisingly enough. Um, maybe it was the pure rules that uh, added a, a little extra something-something to this match. But either way, it was a 4 out of 5. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the ROH so far is kicking ass. Let's move on. The Foundation, Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams took on Ozzy Open, Mark Davis, and Kyle Fletcher. One of my favorite things about Tony Khan is if he sees a wrestler like go on Twitter and be like, man, I haven't had a tag match with my tag team partner in a really long time, and that makes me sad. Tony Khan will just book them on like his next 10 shows because he's a wrestling fan. He likes wrestling. So when he sees something like that, oh, Ozzy Open aren't getting booked? Well, I should book them because they're great. And they are great. And this match was pretty great. 3.75. I feel like the Aussies have had kind of hit and miss stuff since they came over from uh, from New Japan to AEW. But this was a, a solid match, and I'm really happy to have them in, in Ring of Honor. This was a 3.75. After that, Eddie Kingston took on Ben Deho. <laughs> um, this was a really short squash. I gave it a 2.5. There's nothing wrong with it. It was just really short. It's a storyline thing to get over Eddie's uh, program with Claudio. Yeah, uh, it, it did its job. 2.5. And then your main event, Sweet Jesus, Athena defending the Ring of Honor Women's Championship against Willow Nightingale. Um, I was hoping for a good match. I didn't expect that it was going to be one of my favorites of the year. This match fucking owns. It absolutely slaps. If you haven't seen it yet, you're doing something wrong. Um, this is one of those matches that is like technically perfect. Literally every single thing that they did landed. It looked good. It hit hard and it served the match well. Like, every single time they did a move, I was like, yeah, awesome, killer, fuck yeah. Like, it just kept getting better and better and better, and they never slipped up. They never took their foot off the gas pedal. Like, this is just an incredible, incredible match. I, I was, like, on the verge of rating it a 4.5. It was 4.25 for me, which, you know, if you're following my sheets, is... It's up there with some of the best matches of the year so far. I, I loved this, and I think you should run, do not walk, go check it out. Both women are very exciting. I'm so glad that they're in AEW. The women's division needs people like this. Willow Nightingale is a star in the waiting. It's just impossible not to love her. She's so charismatic, so unique, and when the chips are down, she can throw down and have a good match, and this match was beyond good. This was my favorite of the week. Fucking watch it. It's so good. 4.25. Yeah, a, a classic. I'm going to be thinking about this one for a long time. Whoo boy. For so if Dynamite's uh, a little uh, underwhelming, it looks like I can always look forward to ROH on Thursdays because they haven't hit a, a bad show yet two, uh, two shows in. Anyways, moving on now to Impact. Uh, I don't know how they're going to follow that, but uh, they open with Bully Ray versus Bupinder Gujar. And, uh, you know, it's a Bully Ray match. Uh, he did have a 4 out of 5 this year, but it is the lowest 4 out of 5 I've awarded. Um, yeah, 2. It's a 2. 
let's move on. Rhino took on Callahan. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, Yuya Uramura got uh, injured in, in a match with Callahan on this show. They obviously didn't air it, and then they had Callahan come out and do another match with Rhino to fill in the space on the card, and it was not great. 2.5 out of 5. Uh, I think Yuya's okay, though. He's back in wrestling already, so that's good. Uh, after that, Jordan Grace took on Alex Gracia in a pretty short match. Uh, Jordan looked really good. Very dominant. 2.75. And then, uh, the actual version of this match that you want to see, Jonathan Gresham versus Kushida. Uh, yeah, this was the one where they showed up with their working boots on. Two of the best grapplers in the game uh, putting on a competitive match. I shouldn't have to say much more than that. You should want to see it. Uh, 3.75. If you like in-ring wrestling, uh, you probably are already aware of this match. And, yeah, check it out. It's not the best of the week, but uh, very, very solid. I would put this on any show and be happy with it. And then the main events for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Mickie James defending her title against Giselle Shaw. Uh, this was a pretty solid bout. Not anywhere close to as good as Mickey James versus Jordan Grace, obviously, but Mickey clearly has enough in-ring psychology and enough knowledge about how to structure a match that I feel like it would be difficult for her to have one much worse than this. Uh, yeah, 3.25. It was a fine main event um, and ended the show in good fashion. Overall, pretty solid impact. Uh, WWE main event is still a show, um, and hey, it actually opened with a pretty decent one today. Uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Akira Tozawa. I feel like, honestly, they should just, uh, call WWE main event beat up Akira Tozawa, because that's the goal every week. Uh, this one was a 3 out of 5. Carmelo didn't look as impressive as he does in an NXT match, and I feel like the crowd didn't really understand who he was. But there was enough in this match that got a few pops and uh, made it slightly above the usual main event fare. Speaking of the usual main event fare, uh, after that, the OC, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows took on Maximum Male Models, Masse and Mansoir. I like the Maximum Male Models. I know a lot of people don't, but I think their gimmick is really funny, and they're doing a very, very good job at it. Like, they're throwing everything they've got into these characters, and I really appreciate that. Um, unfortunately, though, this match was bad. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are probably the most guilty wrestlers of phoning it in, and it really just didn't seem like they gave a shit in this one. Like, they can't even change their facial ex expression while they're wrestling. They just look bored in the ring, and it made me bored watching it. 1.75, one of the more disappointing matches this week. Uh, yeah, skip it for sure. We got some more New Japan Cup matches. This one, first round, Kyle Fletcher versus Yoshihashi, and this was actually a, a pretty good uh, matchup. I would say uh, get Bishamon versus Ozzy Open as quickly as you can, unless they did that last year and I was unaware of it. Uh, but yeah, pretty solid cup match overall. I gave it a 3.25. It was better than the main event, Shingo Takagi versus Aaron Hanare. Not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it just didn't have the, um, the little extra something-something that Kyle Fletcher and Yoshihashi had. Uh, Aaron Hanare is fine, but... Uh, you know, his moveset just isn't as spectacular as those other two guys. I do like that his uh, moves are named after video games, though. Having a move called Streets of Rage is pretty awesome. Over to AEW for Rampage. This time it opened with Action Andretti versus Sammy Guevara. Um, you know, I love high-flying wrestling. I love indie spot fests. But I feel like Action Andretti and Sammy Guevara both embody the types of wrestlers that are in that match that I, I don't like. Um, and it's not that I don't even like them, it's just I, I'm not being presented with a reason to like them outside of the moves that they do. Sammy is an insufferable character. He's getting a little better with his interactions with Daniel Garcia, but he's a very unlikable dude, and Action Andretti I feel like is just a little too overexposed. In any case, though, it was a 2.75. Far from a bad match, but, uh, yeah, what could you say? After that, the Acclaimed took on Starboy, Charlie, and Jack Cartwheel. Oh, shit. 
Um, could actually be a pretty good match, but it ended up being, you know, nothing. Uh, 2.25, mostly just to get the acclaimed on the show, I think. And after that, Preston Vance took on Konosuke Takeshita. Um, far from the best Takeshita match that I've seen. Like I said before, he really excels with uh, wrestlers that have something really unique and special that he can kind of bounce off of. And Preston Vance is is a good prospect, and he's a, he's a good young wrestler and a big guy, and he can he can move well, but he doesn't have exactly that that thing that Takeshita can take and turn into something that you've never seen before. Um, so it was just a three out of five, far from bad, but uh, Takeshita has the opportunity to put on classic matches sometimes by accident, and this was not it. And your main event, uh, the third match in their series, Nyla Rose versus Riho. Um, I feel like this is one of the better Nyla matches I've seen in quite a while. It still wasn't particularly great. It was a 3 out of 5. Um, I feel like their second title match was better than this. Um, but it's fine. I like seeing Riho on TV. It's good that she's getting uh, some exposure and people are being reminded of how awesome she is three out of five an okay ending to rampage but uh aew overall was pretty lackluster this week um and they've been having that problem a lot lately they've gone some some of the best dynamites and rampages ever to some pretty forgettable ones hopefully this week turns it around over to WWE for NXT Level Up. We opened with Indy Hartwell slumming it in Level Up with Jakara Jackson in a pretty forgettable bout where hardly anything happened. It was a 2 out of 5. Then Quincy Elliott took on Scripps. Um, I gave this one a 2.25 because at least Scripps has some pretty okay um, like dives and flying moves. But uh, yeah, this was a pretty boring match. Not nearly as boring as Odyssey Jones versus Vaughn Wagner, though. Give me two big guys who are not particularly athletic, who can't throw a, a worked punch very well and don't have any different or interesting moves, and you just have a recipe for a boring wrestling match. I don't know what about either of these guys is supposed to be special or interesting or cool or make me want to see them again. They are just jobbers. Vaughn Wagner especially, he is terrible, and just, ugh, the, the epitome of why NXT just sucks these days. It's just full of nobodies, and you're not given a reason to think of them as anything other than a nobody. Really, really disappointing match, even for NXT standards. 1.75. Never mind that, though. We're over to New Japan for the Cup Night 4. Opened with Bullet Club, El Fantasmo, and David Finlay versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Kosei Fujita. I love how this match opened up with Finlay asking Zack, like, who's your mate, huh? Who's your mate? And, and Zack is like, oh, that's Big Fuge. <laughs> that got a laugh out of me. Big Fuge. Um, yeah, this wasn't as good as the uh, Kenta Bullet Club TMDK tag bout, but still pretty good stuff. This was mostly um, storyline for the uh, Bullet Club, uh, kind of trying to find a new leader. El Fantasma and David Finlay don't like each other very much. Oh no. Uh, anyways, moving on. Kazuchika Okada and Hiroshi Tanahashi this time took on Shota Umino and Ren Narita. Uh, yeah, it's not like an instant classic like their Bishamon match was, but uh, give me the two top guys and throw them in with literally anybody, and you will get good wrestling. Uh, 3.25. Definitely check this one out if you are already watching uh, the New Japan Cup. Speaking of, for the second round matches of this uh, show, we had Chase Owens versus Tetsuya Naito. This is the kind of Naito match that loses me. Uh, Chase Owens is kind of just like a like a bargain version of El Phantasmo. Like, he doesn't do anything particularly different from anyone else in Bullet Club. He's just a guy. He's just a wrestler. He's just an indie guy. Yeah, and Naito had his usual long, slow match thing going on. Not for me. 2.75. Then the main event, Kenta versus Sonata in a second-round match. Um, after that really good showing against Tai Chi, Sonata... Reminded everyone how mid he can be. Um, I feel like Kenta these days is a little guilty of this as well. Just like having 
very boring, slow, forgettable matches with a lot of heel heat shenanigans that don't actually add much to the match. Uh, this was a 2.75. I, uh, yeah, definitely would skip this one, to be honest. Not great. Oh, we're almost done here. We're over 100 matches in. Let's go over to SmackDown. It opened with Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross versus Xavier Woods versus Sheamus versus L.A. Knight to determine the number one contender to Gunther's Intercontinental Championship. Um, usually when WWE does a big multi-man scramble match with some big names like McIntyre and Sheamus, it ends up being pretty good. Um, this one was just alright. I feel like yet another uh, WWE match that is hampered by its use of commercials, because uh, I feel like the meat of this match was kind of missing. Anyways, 3 out of 5. Not terrible, but not great either. Then Legato del Fantasma took on The Judgment Day, so that's Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Cruz del Toro versus Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. Nobody got entrances for this, so it's just get in the ring, fucking start wrestling. The commentators were talking about Dominic and Ray the entire time, so it was really hard to even pay attention to this match. It You really get the sense that WWE puts on a match, and they literally expect you not to pay attention to it, which is really shitty, because this is a wrestling show. Show me some fucking wrestling. Finn Balor is in the ring. I should be able to focus on what he's doing. Ugh. Hate this company. Anyways, Braun Strowman took on Ricochet. Anyways, Braun Strowman and Ricochet took on the Viking Raiders. Ooh, I love seeing them. They're not fucking ideologically disgusting or anything. Uh, this match was all right. Strowman and Ricochet have been having some pretty good uh, spot fest matches. This was slightly a step down from that. Um, this match could have been complete insanity, and instead it was just a, a tag match on SmackDown. 2.75. And then your main event, Charlotte Flair versus Shotzi in a non-title match. What happened to Charlotte Flair? She used to be really good. You could make a claim that she's one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet, and I wouldn't have disagreed with you several years ago. But now, whenever I see her wrestle on TV, it's fucking embarrassing. It's like amateur hour. Like, everyone knows Shotzi is, is a very sloppy and, and overall not a very good wrestler. She's just a, a character. Um, I didn't think Charlotte Flair would be wrestling like this as well. Their timing was off. Their strikes looked terrible. They just looked like they had no chemistry, like they were afraid to wrestle each other. Like, they were afraid to be in the ring. Like, wow. It's just that the fall for this lady has been tremendous. And, you know, you have WWE tweeting clips of her matches being like, there's levels to this game. And it's like, yeah, there are levels. This is really low-level stuff. I would be embarrassed to have this match on my show. Uh, 1.5... If I hadn't watched NWA this week, this would easily be the worst match I saw. But uh, Billy Corgan's got you covered, Charlotte. Don't you worry. So with that match, I realized that I was at exactly 999 for the year. <laughs> and it was about uh, like quarter after 11 last night. And I was like, okay, I got time for one more. Is there one match out there somewhere that's worth watching that I haven't seen yet? to just cap this off at 1,000 matches. And sure enough, GCW and IWS Hardcore had a co-branded show in Montreal that just happened to feature Gringo Loco versus Speedball Mike Bailey. I think there's like four Speedball matches on this episode. This guy wrestles, like, so much. It's insane. Um, yeah, this is a bit of a, a bit of a dream match. Gringo Loco is one of the more creative and innovative high flyers working today. For a guy his size, he can do things that are just incredible. And I've said it enough times on this show, Speedwell Mike Bailey is one of the greatest wrestlers alive today. So this match was uh, really good stuff. Both of them came out looking to one-up each other, looking to impress, to show off. So there was some crazy high-flying, some pretty some grappling, and obviously with Speedball, some crazy-ass strikes as well. 
uh, yeah, if you like either guy, if you like GCW, if you just like really good indie matches, go out of your way to check this out from IWS versus GCW, uneffing sanctioned. The rest of the card didn't really look all that interesting to me, but this is a match that uh, you should go out of your way to make time for. Four out of five, one of the better matches I saw this week. And wouldn't you know it, I saw a lot of really good wrestling this week. Like, that's one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven matches from that I watched this week alone on my match of the year list. Um, and none of them were from AEW. So uh, everyone's really uh, bringing their A game here in March. A lot of good wrestling to see. Uh, if you want to check out uh, more of my recommendations, you can find my uh, Google documents, my lists, my sheets, uh, on, in my uh, pinned post on the Throwing Couch Potatoes Twitter. Uh, definitely follow the show on there or follow me at, at Matt Baskey if you want to if you want to see me talk about wrestling or make dumb jokes or whatever. And um, I guess at that point, all you can really do is smoke weed and watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>